turn to our Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. Chapter 4, rather, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Amen. I think we're going to read. Amen. Amen. So let's read, read it today. It's over on the screen. I am expecting that this morning we're going to have a, a very participative audience. Amen. Thank you for the three that are excited to participate. I'm looking forward to their uh, enthusiastic participation. Amen. How many love reading the word? I think we're going to have a a Bible class this morning. I was praying to God. I said, God, help me speak slow this morning. And I hope he will help me speak slow. And we just want as little movement as possible. Uh, this is quite a, a critical subject. Uh, amen. Let's read it today. If somebody says, leave it at 30. If somebody says, do not do something, that means you've got the ability to do it. Amen. And it's just sensitizing you that based on your ability, don't do it. Amen. Everyone is able to grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, but the Bible says we should not do that. My subject is very simple. It's going to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, rather. Uh, I was quite shocked. So the other time I was listening to somebody speaking about the difference between Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. And they were saying the Holy Ghost, it became the Holy Ghost after the resurrection, but before the resurrection it was not the Holy Ghost, it was the Holy Spirit. Sounds very nice, but when you go into read into the scripture, you just realize it was just a preacher playing with words. Because the Bible says to Mary, the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Sometimes preachers like being creative. And I think it's you as the old, uh, congregants that put pressure on them. Me, I like the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. To me, the gospel is very easy. Uh, I said it's just about one beggar that had gone hungry for quite some time, and he came across bread, and he went back to invite other beggars to tell them where he found bread. Simple. But today, a beggar finds bread. He wants to go and find other beggars to debate with them that, you see, the flour, this was the measurement of the sugar. No, we want to eat. We don't want to debate about the bread. Are we together? Debating about the bread takes out the simplicity of the gospel, and it makes us to be the academics of the message. 
Is that the right spelling for baptism? Okay. Is it the right one? It is. Okay. It was me doing it late at night, so I thought it must not cause a visual sort to you. Amen. So let's let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we approach your throne of mercy. We just want to thank you for being able to breathe this morning. We know that the reason you preserved us is not because we are better, but it's because there is still a certain purpose in our lives that must be realized, and that is your purpose, dear God. Help us not just to be human beings that are just roaming around to the face of the earth. Help us to have a sense of purpose, and that purpose is to serve the Almighty God. And I believe that we all know that this life is not guaranteed. This morning, help us to be able to be sincere in our approach to the weight. And Lord, a lot of times we don't know. Sometimes we may be speaking here and speaking to somebody for the very last time. And as a minister, make me to be responsible so that I can instill a sense of agency in those people so that they can act upon what they believe, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Help us not to take this message for granted, dear God. A lot of times the devil makes a lot of noises until we forget how important this message is. This is a matter of life and death. And believe me, dear God, I know that your people, many of them sometimes because the journey becomes longer, we tend to take this gospel for granted. But this morning, may you be gracious and open our eyes. May you open our eyes so that we can appreciate what you are doing to us in this hour. We just want to commit the reading of the way to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. Amen. I said I just want to speak on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I had spoken about this for, I think it must have been two months back in this church, and the title was The Baptism of the Holy Ghost Without Sensation. And I went further to read, and I picked up a few things, and then I took the very same subject when we were at Pyramid Tabernacle, and after that, they went back to the subject, I picked up a few more things, and I said, let, let me continue with this. And every time I went to read more from this subject or extract quotations or what Brother Branham said about the subject, I see more and more things, and I realize how important this subject is, especially in the end time. Amen. We cannot overemphasize enough the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it is very, very critical that every person that would proclaim to be a believer must receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They normally say when you speak to people, you must tell them what you are going to tell them, and you tell them what you tell them, 
and after you tell them what you have told them. Amen. So, the Holy Spirit is a seal of God. The Holy Spirit is the real new birth. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the oil that is required for the rapture. How many believe that? We are going to get into that and show you the ten visions and how the five had the oil and the other five did not have the oil. And when the bridegroom came, the other foolish visions, foolish visions, clean living, hallelujah, but did not have the oil which represents the Holy Ghost. So we are going to get into those things, and I believe that God will be gracious to us so that every person here can be very uh, equipped when they live here. I, I have a, a question that I want you to answer in your heart when you are alone in your heart, you can reflect. If if the Holy Ghost was to leave this church, would you know? That is the question that I want to start with. If the Holy Ghost was to leave this church, would you as a believer know that the Holy Ghost has left? And if the Holy Ghost is there or is not there and it does not make any difference to you, chances are that you do not have the Holy Ghost. And when we do not have the Holy Ghost, your worship, whether God accepts it or not, it would be very suspect. Are we together? Amen. I'm glad that I made you quiet because I believe in the message if the Holy Ghost was to leave many churches, only a few would realize that the Holy Ghost is gone. And maybe so that you can understand how critical it is, Brother Branham says the Holy Ghost is very timid. The Holy Ghost is a very, it's a sensitive being. What attracts the Holy Ghost is the nature. Brother Branham says the Lamb's nature attracts the Holy Ghost. But when the nature changes, the Holy Ghost flees away. Did you hear me? Amen. Amen. Even upon your life, the Holy Ghost is very sensitive. And very few believers are quite deliberate in how they live from day to day and be cognizant or be conscious of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Some, they just wake up, carry on with their chores, come back in the evening, tired like a tired dog, sleep, wake up the next morning, caught up in this routine, with no, with no moment to pause. The only time that they have an, an idea of who God could be or if he's there, is when they pop into church. And sometimes, even after they pop into church, they're not conscious. Hallelujah. 
uh, and I'm, I'm, it's good that we, we've got joyful. We've got to be very joyful in the house of God. Hallelujah. Uh, but uh, while being joyful, we've got to check, is he here? Hallelujah. That is a very critical question. Amen. Now, Brother Branham spoke to us about the three stages of grace. And he spoke about justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I, I, I've met people that are not sinners, that live very clean life, but it does not mean that they've got the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible, when it speaks about a, a vision, it speaks about an uncorrupted woman, a, live, a woman that is living clean but yet they were without the oil. When you go and read, I think it's in Acts chapter 1. I'll give you a verse now. You still have your Bibles to church? Amen. speaks about Judas. Let's read in verse 16. That's Acts 1, verse 16. Or let's start from verse 15. It says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained a part of this ministry. Not obtained the full ministry, but obtained a part of the ministry which tells you that Judas was justified, sanctified, but Brother Bram says when he got to the point where he was supposed to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, he showed his colors. Are we together? Justification and sanctification is not enough. You've got to go all the way. Hallelujah. And a lot of times, what we do as believers when we witness to people we tell them about how great this message is and we convince them about the baptism. We bring them to church they get baptized. For a while they get justified, sanctified. But down the line, if they are without the Holy Ghost, they will be back where they were before you met them. And in some cases, they would even be in worse condition. Because remember the Bible says you've got one demon. When it is cast away, it goes around 
to go and invite others and it will continue to come and check whether the house is full or empty. And if the house is empty, he's going to invite other seven to come and indwell you. Are we together? So then you become worse off than you were before the gospel came your way. So Judas had obtained a part of the ministry, not the full ministry. But the 120 that were in the upper room, they obtained the full ministry, justified, sanctified, and were filled with the Holy Ghost. Are we together? And we come... I'm going to just be on my, these slides for quite some time. Brother Brenham says one of the mysteries in this hour, it is going to be the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is in the message, the, is this the sign of the end time? The mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. What is a sensation? Sensation, it's a reaction to senses. So he is telling you that the mystery of the baptism of the Holy or one of the mysteries that would be revealed in the end time would be the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. But the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did 2,000 years ago when he was here. Hallelujah. So that means what Christ did 2,000 years ago, he left the body, his body that you see here, which was taken up as a sacrifice, but the spirit that made that body move comes into the believer to continue what Christ did 2,000 years ago, but it will be without sensation. Hallelujah. So that means the Holy Spirit will bypass your sight, will bypass your touch, will bypass your feeling, will bypass uh, your taste, and it will go right into the soul. Hallelujah. But from the soul, you will be controlled from there because your soul is a tower, is a control tower. Christianity is not something that goes from, from outside into, into inside. It is something that comes from the inside going outside. Are we together? But while here, folks, if we say the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, uh, our brethren, some of them misunderstood us. We, they thought that we expect you to come into church and sit like a, a, a dead wood. No, say. You still can shout. Right. Hallelujah. You can still dance in the spirit. However, that is not the confirmation that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can shout in the spirit and yet be without it. And you can, sometimes you cannot be able to shout in the spirit, but be full of it. So that is, that is not a determinant that if you have it, then you've got to shout. But goodness for me, I really enjoy shouting for the Lord. Because when I remember where he took me from, I would rather scream at the top of my voice and say, He is the Lord of Lords. Because I'm not ashamed. But my shouting is not a confirmation that I have the Holy Ghost. It just tells you that I have, a, I have a joy because I've experienced a deeper and a meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we together? Amen. Brother Bram says witches can dance in the spirit much better. They can speak in tongues. So when you speak in tongues, it is no confirmation that you have it. Amen. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message, the Revelation, Book of Symbols, 
He says angelic beings associate together. Hallelujah. You've got to have something. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can try a trick here. All right. Okay. Just put it back into the mode. Amen. Angelic beings associate together. He says, I hope you get that. That just dropped right down free. Look, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, then you are a candidate for association with the unseen world and the supernatural. Hallelujah. So that means when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you begin, it brings you into a consciousness of a world that the people that are around you have got no idea of what we are talking about. As we are speaking right now, Brother Brenham has taught us many a time that uh, Orlando parents and Kaiser Chiefs could be playing right in this church. Hallelujah. There could be a rock and roll concert that is going on in, right in this church. But you are not able to see it because you cannot see it by naked eye. You need a certain instrument that can be able to tap into the unseen world and make the unseen world to be visual to you. And the the people call that television. And some call it a radio. But as much as you can have an antenna or or an instrument that can tap into the unseen world and bring a soccer match live to you in this room, I believe that within you as a believer, there is a sense that can be able to transcend the five senses and tap into the unseen world and see the angels moving up and down. And you become like Jacob and say, I saw the angels going up and down on the ladder. Hallelujah. There are angels that are going up, up and down on the ladder this morning right in this church. They are coming down to take your sicknesses. And they are taking your sicknesses up and they are bringing the blessings down. There are angels that are going up and down in the church. But you need the supernatural side to look at that happening right now. So, a statement that says there is more to what meets the eye has become very, very important within the cycle of the message. Because as I'm speaking right now, I don't know how many of you as an audience but I believe I've got a much bigger audience than what I see with the naked eye. As I'm preaching right now, there are angels that are going up and down. As I'm preaching right now, there are demons that are going up and down. As I'm speaking right now, there is interaction in the spirit realm. There is a devil this side trying to discourage me and say, don't preach it. And there is God to this side say, preach it. It depends what I yield myself to. But I've made a conscious decision as a preacher this morning. I will yield myself to God. And it depends on you sitting there, what you yield yourself to. Are we together? Amen. Have you realized that when you made a decision to be blessed, you will become blessed? And when you made a decision, uh, uh, me, I'm just tired. I'm actually, yeah, that's how you end up. Hallelujah. You get what you expect. Uh, Hallelujah. Me, I'm just responsible to bring the gospel. How you receive it, it depends on what you were up to last night. Somebody was on their knees and said, God, may you speak to me in church. I'm going to the house of the Lord. Speak to me. Somebody didn't care. 
say, I need to rock up there before the chickens phone me. And once the service is done, I've done my past, no one will call me. You expect to be blessed. I, I was not preparing a message for such. I was preparing for the passage for the people that had a desire. That were reading and say, God, I don't understand it, but I wonder, I need to pray about it. Let me read further. And when they come to the service, the same spirit that made them to read is the same spirit that uses the preacher to preach about what they were reading about. Then it becomes clearer. Then they have joy. Are you with me that it depends what you were up to last night? Hallelujah. I cannot give you what you have never expected. A blessing is not an accident where you bump into a blessing. Goodness, I was blessed. No, you, you come expecting to be blessed. He goes further, he says, no wonder people can't believe in those things. They have never come in contact. They've got nothing in here to believe with. We can speak great gospel we can speak nuggets, but if there is nothing in you, if there is nothing in you, tough luck. Are you still with me? He says, a person that would refuse to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost can have no fellowship among those that have the Holy Ghost. That's why a lot of times, folks, some friendships don't work out not because you are not nice. Is because you operate from different spirit wealth. Hallelujah. And when you find somebody that you operate from the same realm with, sometimes even when you popped him to see them for 10 minutes, it ends up being all the whole day. Because what's the more you talk is the more something is unfolding. Are we together? And sometimes when you are a believer and you are with unbelievers and you have a good time, it tells us that you may be having a wrong spirit. Why would a believer keep company with unbelievers? What diet are you feeding on? Hallelujah. Look, I'm not, I'm not trying to turn you into some uh, 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 fanatics here. At places of work, we've got people that we work with. We can speak about a project. We can speak about a certain work-related issue. However... It does not mean that even after hours you go where they are and you begin no longer to talk about work, you talk about this and that. It, dep- it will, your conversations reflect what is in you. And I heard a statement. The toys that parents buy for their children reflect the spirit that the parents have. Why would you buy your son a gun if you don't want them to have a real gun? Now, come on, believers. You, you, some of them, you lose them before they hit the streets. Right in your house. Are we together? And I had much better. There are many things that shouldn't be in the house of believers that are there. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. And people today, they don't want to be offended. Uh, Look, me, I don't want after I've preached, young people can go around and say, the sermon was lit. 
No, I'm not preaching lit sermons here. I want your heart to be convicted. I want you to see tears streaming down your eye and say, God, I'd much better make it right with the Lord. And, and the greatest danger today, people don't even repent anymore. In the olden days, people repented and later they were not converted. But today, they don't repent even to begin with. Are we together? Amen. And deacons, sometimes they'll know what, are, what we are talking about. And folks, if you leave the message and you want to come back, we will determine what is the motive to come back. It's not a lip service. Repentance is not a lip service. It's a heart that is troubled that says, Lord, I want to make it right with the Lord. Hallelujah. You cannot just backslide and when you want to come back, you want to come back like a star. And we've got to, we've got to, we've got to be awed by this star that is coming back into the message. No, sir. No, sir. Are we together? Brother Banyan knows what I'm talking about. A young man that had left, he wanted to come back. The first thing he calls me, say, Pastor, I want you to listen to me on the radio. I'll be on radio. I said, what does the radio have to do with you coming back? So that means because he's on radio, we must be out and say, goodness, even speaking on radio, he had much better come to church. No, we want you to say, Lord, I was troubled. I had sleepless nights. I don't have peace. I want to make it with the law. I want to make it right with the law. Then when you begin to sound like that, then you mean business. But can't blame them because the church has become quite an entertainment center. Amen. The giver versus the gift. Are you going to go after the gift or after the giver? I think, Brother Church, you mentioned on Wednesday how Brother Brandon had a discernment and called everybody to come and say, I saw a vision, 300 people would come to the altar, and no one came. And he started designing the people, and thereafter, the whole crowd came to the altar. And he said, you've got wrong spirit, because you idolize the gift without submitting to the giver. And a lot of times in the message, people go after the gift, and they know the gift, they rally around the gift, they can speak and articulate things around the gift, but they've got no knowledge of the giver. And when you know the gift and you don't know the giver, when you die, you're on your way to hell. But sometimes you may not know the gift, but appreciate the giver and know the giver, you've got eternal life. Are you with me? Brother Brenham says, the Holy Ghost I hope I'm not one. Brother Brandon says in this message, you are not converted until you have received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he doesn't say you have not repented. You can repent. You can be baptized. You can preach. You can sing, but yet still be not converted. Hallelujah. Uh, I I was listening to someone talking about he's a minister 
a missionary. I think he says they were playing golf. And as they were playing golf, so he had a ball here. He took a swing. And there were a group of missionaries that were there. For some reason, instead of the ball going that direction, it went straight right where the missionaries are and hit that man and he fell on the ground. And when he woke up, he was cursing a missionary. A group of missionaries. A missionary cursing a missionary. Now, this missionary makes an interesting observation. He says the ball hitting him did not put those weights in him. Those weights have always been in him. The ball just brought it out. Don't have, sometimes if somebody is angry and curses you, don't, you have not put the weights. The weights were already there. The nature was already there. But it had to come under a certain pressure point so that it can be expressed. Well, I have seen that, folks. I have seen that many a times. My question is, when you are under pressure, what are you going to express? What are you going to show? Hello, sisters. If the husband is angry and begins to utter certain words, you did not put those words there. They were already there. You just, there is a, God just created a situation so that there could be an unveiling of the character. God has put a certain situation so that you as a brother can have an unveiling of the character of your wife. But you did not put that today. The nature has always been there. I know what I'm talking about. The other time a brother got angry with another brother and gave me a call and said, Pastor, Forgive me, I have cast him. I said, goodness. I said, really? He said, yeah, yes, yes, I ask for forgiveness. But he wanted to say, he made me do it. I said, no, he did not make you do it. It was already in you. He just brought it out because it was there. And this morning, what nature is it in you? Everyone has a nature. And sometimes a certain nature can be suppressed in certain situations. But certain situations will give away that nature. Even before you know that a different nature is about to come out, you know you say, look, I'm a believer, but doesn't mean that I'm a fool. <laughs> Whenever the statement is being uttered by a believer, goodness, you are about to see a true colors of a man or true colors of a woman. What does Brother Bram says about a couple love? He says, when somebody makes you angry, you pray for them. But it doesn't mean that when you've got the Holy Ghost, you become a sissy. You remember Brother Branham was at a restaurant with his family uh, just before they had an accident. Billy Paul actually says, we were sitting around the table, and there was this big man that came into the restaurant, and he was busy cursing and said, my dad stood up. He was small in stature and went to that big man and said, if I ever hear you curse again, I will deal with you. I'm sitting there trying to have lunch with my family. Don't, don't curse. And he went down. And Billy Paul says, we're sitting there, say, oh, goodness, oh, oh. This man must not cause trouble for us. But it tells you that when you've got the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mean you, you don't have the boldness to say, that is wrong, I will not tolerate it. 
Because there's a flip side of it. Some people think then you become a doormat. And they say you're humble. Well, the devil is playing on top of your head. No, 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 no. There's a balance to these things. There's time to be humble, but there's time where you've got to rise up as a lion and say, I don't want that nonsense anywhere near where I am. Hallelujah. You remember about the sister that had a husband, and the husband just decided, what do you call this magazine? The magazine that is doing a charity work. They say they... Once a year, they parade women naked. They say they are raising money for charity. And then he had taken the calendar. Oh, I know no one will remember the name of the magazine. Because <laughs> they think if I remember, why do I remember? How do I know it? I understand, brothers. You know it, but you couldn't tell me. Amen. I'm wondering why am I struggling with it because it's known. Amen. But that magazine, they have got a calendar where they've got naked women and, and, and he took out the calendar, put it in his house. He had two boys, sister in the message, a man not in the message. And he said, the husband said, if you ever take down this calendar, I'll deal with you. Then he went down, he went to work. The sister went, kneeled down before the calendar, prayed God, and the Holy Spirit moved upon her heart. She stood up and ripped that calendar apart, threw it into the bin. When the husband came in, he walked in, looked where the calendar was, did not see it, went straight to the bedroom to sleep. What happened today? The Holy Spirit led the sister to know what to do. Because she said, I cannot expose this filth to my two boys. I know he's the head of the house, but here, no, 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 no. It's outside the parameters of the way. As a daughter of God, I've got to take a stand. It was not the husband that was a problem. It was a demon in the husband that was a problem. But the Holy Spirit in the sister counteracted a demon in the husband. Are we together? You are not converted until you have received the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to Peter, or to the disciples, before they, had, they were converted, but they had repented. Sometimes there is a journey between repentance and conversion. They came, the 70 came again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Hallelujah. We have seen that. Uh, and they came with testimonies. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you unto your power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, in this rejoice not that the, the spirits are subject unto you, but I rejoice because your names are written in heaven. As demon can be, you, you can bring a demon under subjection, but sometimes it doesn't mean that you are converted. They, they performed miracles, but he, later Jesus says to Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, 
that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So Peter, throughout the Gospels, before Pentecost, Peter had repented, but Peter was not converted. What brought conversion was when he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's why the prophet of the hour is able to pick it up. He comes, he says, you are not converted until you have received the Holy Ghost. And I had much better say, you cannot receive the Holy Ghost and later God loses you. Once God seals you with the Holy Ghost, he shall never ever lose you ever again. Because the the Holy Ghost means the seal. The seal means ownership. Hallelujah. And no one must tamper with the seal until it reaches uh, the parcel, reaches the final destination. So it behooves all of us to make sure that we are baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is God in the heart of the believer. Are we together? Brother Brenham says, the Holy Ghost is the only revealer of the divine revelation of Christ. Hello? The only revealer. I cannot reveal Christ to you. The pastor can never reveal Christ to you. But the Holy, he can only preach the gospel. But after he has preached the gospel, the Holy Ghost must come and reveal Jesus Christ to you. And it goes further, I'll go into another message, it says, without the revelation of Christ, there is no new birth. Folks, we are not talking about water baptism here now. We are speaking about the revelation, knowing who he is, where he becomes a reality in your life, and nothing ever can separate you from that experience. The Holy Ghost, he says, there is no school can do that. And I'd much better take it further. There is no match say church that can do that. Those that can boost and say they were the only one, they are just bluffing you. The only revealer of the divine revelation of Christ is the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is God himself. In the crisis, the mystery of God revealed, it says, what is the new birth then? You say, well, Brother Branham, what is the new birth? He says, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ to you. How many people that you know were baptized but had no idea who Christ is? And uh, today, it's even worse off where you baptize people that don't even know who Brother Branham is. I met a brother that told me and said, listen... You know, I was at such and such church. They made me do such and such things. We're moving around collecting stuff. But I don't even, I don't even know what that church is all about. I say, brother, you don't know. But at that church, there is a picture of a white man there in the front. Who did they say the white man? They say, I have got no idea. I just saw the picture of the white man. I thought he's the one that helped them to build the church. Referring to the prophet. But he's baptized. And the Holy Ghost will always point you to the messenger. Hello? The real Holy Ghost will always point you to the revealed word of the hour through the prophet messenger of the hour. You cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost and not know who Brother Brenham is. Either the one that witnessed to you did not witness the true gospel. 
Or they just instilled fear in you and you acted upon fear, but had no idea what you were doing. The messenger makes you fall in love with the groom. Rebecca, the reason she fell in love with Isaac is because of what Eliezer was telling Rebecca. You cannot say you love Isaac without having met Eliezer. Are we together, folks? So this morning, do you know the church, Lighthouse Tabernacle? If you only know Lighthouse Tabernacle, there is no hope for you. If you only know Pastor Mariba, there is no hope for you. But if you know him, to know him is life. And all of us must come to the point where we say, we know him. And who grants the revelation? God himself. He says in this message, spiritual adoption, paragraph 106, may I take the moment to say this? My friends, that the entire church, when we say a church, we are not referring to this. We are referring to the church of the firstborn. We are referring to the church by the way you are baptized into it by the Spirit. Are we together? This is just an assembly that represents a portion of that church. Are we together? So there is a bigger church than this church. This one you can join in. You can pop in there, greet people and be humble and do what is expected of it. But by that other one, you are baptized into it by the Spirit. You don't join in, you are born into it. And when you, are, when you, when you join this one, you can disjoin it at some point in time if, if there is something irritating you. But that one, once you are born into it, it's an eternal transaction. <laughs> Hallelujah. I cannot be unborn in the Madiba family. I'm born in Madiba family. Even if I can decide that I lose, I'm done with the Madiba family. They will just know that uh, this young man, things just overran him. He will come back at some point in time because the blood that flows in my veins is the Madiba blood. Hallelujah. So when you are baptized into that other church, you can never leave it. Hallelujah. It's the church of the firstborn. Hallelujah. It was there before the foundation of the world. It's the church of the attributes. It's the church of the theophanies. Hallelujah. They've got a king theophany. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. When you come into that church, folks, oh, goodness, you've got inner peace. Hallelujah. He says, the entire church of the living God is built solemnly upon the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how educated you are, how smart you may be, how well you may think you know the Bible, Satan knows it just a lot better than you do. But only through the revelation, God, through the Holy Spirit, your tutor, revealed to you that he saves you by his grace. Even your salvation is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a tutor because you can never get to the adoption stage unless the tutor gives the Father a report. Hallelujah. And it says in this message, an exposition, and sometimes as we were speaking, and say, how do you know that you have got the Holy Ghost? How do you... And let me tell you something. I, I, I will drive this home. You can be 33 years in the message. 
and still not be without and still be without the Holy Ghost. Service doesn't mean anything. Somebody can come in tomorrow. Actually, do you, I'll take it further. Some people, so a person can be filled with the Holy Ghost even before the water baptism. Yes, I'm going to show you a scripture. But after you are filled with the Holy Ghost, it will re- bring you to the right baptism. Hallelujah. And one can be baptized and be without the Holy Ghost. And one can be without water baptism and be filled with the Holy Ghost and it brings them to water baptism. Hallelujah. Brother Brown says in the exposition of the seven church ages, in this church we believe in this book. It's not Brother Leville's book, it's Brother Branham's book. Brother Leville was just putting grammar to it, but the content belongs to our prophet. Hallelujah. And we can, if you want us to bring quotations, we can bring quotations to that effect. Hallelujah. The man was just grammarizing the book. He says, now we have been constantly saying that the true evidence of being baptized with the Holy Ghost is for the believer to receive the weight for the age in which he lives. <laughs> Hallelujah. The true baptism of the Holy Ghost is when the revealed weight of the hour lives through the believer and people are able to look at you and the same way that they look at them at Antioch, they look at you and say, you are a Christian based on the life that expresses itself through you. Are we together? You cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost and reject the revealed weight of your hour. It tells you that you don't have it. And I had much better well edited. All the people that rejected Brother Branham in the end time do not have the Holy Ghost. I will repeat that. All the people that have rejected the message of William Branham in the end time have no Holy Ghost. If they had the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will point them to the Eliezer of the time. Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the children back to the hearts of the fathers and the hearts of the fathers back to the children so that I cannot come and destroy the entire earth. There's only one remedy to this world that is about to face fire is the message of William Brennan Brennan. They can speak great sermon, but without his, without the Holy Ghost, you can still be a great preacher. Without the Holy Ghost, you can still be a great singer. Gifts and callings are without repentance. But when the Holy Ghost baptizes an individual, it will make the revealed word of the hour to be a reality upon that individual. And all that have rejected the message of the hour will not go into the rapture. The key that unlocks the rapture in faith is the message of your hour through the prophet of your hour. God is worshipped dispensationally. There was Moses and for you to get out of Egypt, you had to follow Moses. There was Joshua. For you to get into the promised land, you had to follow Joshua. In the end time, there is one man that was sent by God. His name is William Meron Brown, the prophet of the hour. How many of us say we are not ashamed of our messenger? Rebecca was not ashamed of Eliezer. Esther was not ashamed of Mordecai. And in the end time, I am not ashamed of William Meron Brenham.
And for maybe for you, some of you that may not know very much what this messenger means so much for us. And allow me to speak as a, as a black man. We were deemed not to have souls. We are deemed that there is nothing useful about us. But this messenger, he disregarded the, gov- the apartheid government and said they have souls. They can give us blood transfusion because they are human beings. And I'm taking this message to them. So we love this messenger more than we love Mandela. Ooh. Are you here? We love this messenger more than we love Nelson Mandela. Amen. That is the true evidence that you have the Holy Ghost when you receive the revealed word of your hour. Hello, visitors. Amen. He says, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can never have your eyes opened to a true spiritual revelation of the word. A man without the spirit is blind to God and his truth. Brother Grace, it's not about telling a person, here's Malachi 4, here's Revelation 10, 7, here's the baptism. No. If this spirit is not there, it doesn't matter how many times we page the Bible. But when the spirit is there, even without understanding, they look around and say, there is something different about this gospel. It, it resonates with something that I never knew existed in me. This must be the true gospel. I want to know more about it. Amen. And folks, I said to the other time somewhere, when a church is without the Holy Spirit, it becomes a liberal church. A liberal is come as you are, live as you are. Hallelujah. Let's just dance and have a good time. Hallelujah. That's not it. And when the Spirit is in the church, the, 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 the church that has the Spirit without the weight, it becomes a liberal church. And the church that has the weight without the spirit, it becomes a legalistic church. Seven Adventists are good at that. They keep all the Sabbath, they know all the commandments, they're just legalistic, but no spirit. But what makes the message of the hour? We have both the spirit and the weight. And the spirit is the water. The weight is the seed. The spirit, the, the water, waters the seed to bring out the life of the seed to show what seed is it. So when the weight is in you, the Holy Spirit comes and overshadows your way. As it overshadowed Mary, and Mary brought the holy thing. And that holy thing shall be called Jesus Christ. 
but there had to be an overshadowing of the spirit upon the word that Mary had accepted. Then it expressed the life of the word in the end time. It had to be the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer to overshadow the word that the believer has accepted. Then that holy thing that you have is called Jesus Christ. Do you get it? Amen. He says in the message, the deity of Jesus Christ, paragraph 80, and that same power, hallelujah, let the fundamentalists, let them people who deny the power of God say it's wrong. Let the people who say, who deny the message, let them say it's wrong. Let them people that deny Brother Bram, let them say it's wrong. Hallelujah. But that same power that spoke the world into existence is in those people that's got the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what it means to have the Holy Ghost? It's to have the whole power that brought the entire universe and that power is in you. He says, that's right. Men and women, it's time that we found out who we are. The devil is trying to hide you back and tell you that you are some little trot down something. You are not. You are sons and daughters of God. The deity is not in heaven. The deity is in you. Hallelujah. How, can, how many can say hallelujah to that? Amen to that. The deity is no longer in heaven. The deity is in my life and in my heart. Wherever I go is the deity working. What I speak is the deity speaking. No wonder you have such power to possess the gates of thy enemies. Oh, you want to tell me that when I go to work, is the deity in my heart? Every spirit that operates around the workplace is right under your feet because the deity is in you. And it says the devil is trying to hide us and say we are just a downtrodden people. Guys, it's time we stretch out our chest and walk like sons and daughters of God. The world will say it's arrogant. It's not arrogancy. It's when we have come to realize we were treated by the devil like dumb men. But today, there is a revelation that has come to our heart. The deity is no longer in heaven, but it's in you. We are not worshipping Christ in a manger. We are worshipping Christ in your heart. The hope of glory. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe the life of that man is in your heart? Brother Brenham says, message presuming, a cypress bold material Makes a cypress bold. A popular material make a popular bold. And a church, a worldly material makes a worldly church. A church, a Holy Ghost material makes a Holy Ghost church. I said this morning, we want to be a Holy Ghost material that will bring forth a Holy Ghost church. Amen. The spirit that is in you will produce the life of its own. He says in the question and answers, 
The Holy Ghost ought to be more important to you than everything else there is in the world. Your prestige, your life, your job, your anything that there is. The Holy Ghost ought to be more important to you than everything else there is in the world. How many agree? says the Holy Spirit is timid everything must be decently and in order for the Holy Spirit Amen when the Holy that's why Brother Brennan before when he goes into discernment he says be reverent he says be in prayer wherever you are because the Holy Spirit is moving and it's timid. And I say, may God help us to have a church that can feel the movement of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit moves upon the people, it heals their bodies. It strengthens them. It converts the unconverted. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. It's like a garment of Boaz upon Esther. Sp- spread that garment over me. Hallelujah. He says, do, do you enjoy the quotations? Amen. Okay. All right. By the Holy Ghost is a message, a testimony of a true witness. He says, but the Holy Ghost is deity. God tabernacled in men. Hallelujah. And women. Men there was collective. Brother women did not live during a political era. You remember we had mankind, but now we have humankind. Because um, some thought mankind did not include them, the feminist movement. Amen. Many refers all of us, including your sisters. God tabernacled in men. It's more than a sensation. It's more than speaking in tongues. It's more than shouting in the spirit. It's more than weeping. It's more than joining church. Hallelujah. Is God living in men, deity. God himself tabernacled into that person. When he can speak, it's just the same as God speaking. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's the way the first apostolic church went forth. The Holy Ghost is the deity in you. God tabernacled in your heart. He goes further in this message, question and answers. He says, now you don't have to be baptized to receive the Holy Ghost. Because you can receive the Holy Ghost when your heart is right. (laughs) Hallelujah. The thief on the cross never got baptized. But the heart was right. Uh, As Brother George Martin said, you are not the thief on the cross. We can baptize you after church. Amen. He says, because on X2, Peter gives a formula. You see the formula? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And folks, let me tell you, Brother Bram has told us that demons travel in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He says the name Father, Holy Ghost is a channel of demons. 
is the three unclean living spirit of frogs. Are we together? Amen. And you need to be immersed in the water. Amen. Sister Maria would remember when she came into the message, uh, she heard a man saying she was Catholic. And she said, I got baptized. And the man said, no, what God baptized was the finger of the priest, not you. It's only the finger that was fully immersed, not you. So you've got to be immersed, not twice, not thrice, but once. Because he went in once and rose again. You, went, you go once, you rise as a new creature. Amen. In the name Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we don't use it here. Because you have not said anything when you said Father, name, uh, uh, Father Son, and Holy Ghost. What did you say? Because Father is not a name, Son is not a name, Holy Ghost is not a name. But he said, I came in the name of my Father, which was Jesus Christ. And he says, Paul says, we do all things in his name. We pray in his name. We will officiate marriages in his name. We baptize in his name. Hallelujah. It has become a family name. And it says, Peter gave a formula, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But then in Acts 10, 49, God turned around and gave the Gentiles the baptism of the Holy Ghost before they was ever baptized of, of all. Hallelujah. You see, you see, is the condition of your heart. You see how the Holy Spirit is sensitive. It comes and searches your heart. If your heart is right, then it comes and indwells your heart. But if there is something that is wrong in your heart, the Holy Spirit flees away. If they're very timid, he's very timid. Then said Peter, can you forgive? And if we were to play around with grammar, it is not the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Peter said, can we forbid water seeing that these have received the Holy Ghost like we had it at the beginning? You see, so then he constrained them that they must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That Holy Ghost brought them to the right baptism. And later we find in the book of Acts, others did not know the Holy Ghost. And they were asked a question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Not since you were baptized, but since you believed. Because it's about the condition of your heart. Hallelujah. And when they said, we did not know that there is a promise of the Holy Ghost, they said, unto which baptism have you been baptized? Then they said, in John's baptism. Then he said, no, we need to correct that. Then he advised them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And after they were baptized, he laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Ghost. The danger part is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and not receive the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost without the Holy Ghost can be a stumbling block for the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? Because preaching is a gift of the Holy Ghost. I can have it without having it. Are we together? I hope you are with me, folks. This, this was a question that was posed to Brother Branham on that Sunday morning. And it says, the question was, at the instant of receiving... You know, maybe just to hide the coat. 
I, you remember when I preached the Holy Ghost without sensation? I, I was using pregnancy as an analogy. And, and, and I stopped and said, okay, it comes out that Brother Branham, when he speaks, speaks about the Holy Ghost, he shows about how Mary got pregnant without sensation, but Eve got pregnant without. And I always played around it with my heart and said, the Holy Ghost, why is it a pregnancy? And because sometimes when you say, it sounds quite awful to say, to, I remember I said it to Pyramid, I say, you need to be pregnated. Uh, and sometimes you've got the mixed audience there. Then, I, then the devil comes and says, but did you have to say that? And well, the church was excited about it. And I said, how can I put it differently and link the Holy Ghost with the pregnancy, even for the young ones, so that you know how the devil can hijack something? We mean spiritual pregnancy. Amen. And later, I said, goodness, I was not wrong on this thought. Because now they ask Brother Bram, they say, at the instant of receiving the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is there a difference? Does a person speak with tongue? If not always, what, what, is, what manifestation is no? Well, could you imagine a mother, Brother Bram say, well, could you imagine a mother giving birth to a baby and not knowing it? Then he comes, he links it up with pregnancy. So when you are pregnant, you will, how will you know? Yes, you can have symptoms, morning sickness, but it doesn't confirm it. What, what, what happens when you live in a third world country where there is no access to medical facilities? You, you, you will first trimester have morning sickness, but, but the only thing that can assure you or that can prove beyond a shadow of doubt that you are pregnant is when that life grows in your womb. And this morning... Do you have the Holy Ghost? The only way that you would know is when the life of Jesus Christ is growing in your heart. And let me tell you something, folks. When that life grows, it separates you. When that life grows in you, it separates from you, from certain friendships. You, that's why a believer, a song says, the sins that I used to do, I do them no more. The places that I used to go to, I go to those places anymore. What happened? There is a life of Jesus Christ growing in my spiritual womb. Brother Brown says, could you imagine a mother giving birth to a baby and not knowing it? She would have to be unconscious not to know it. Neither can you receive the Holy Ghost without knowing it. There's something takes place in you. There's something that changes you. Your whole system, your whole spiritual system is made new again. You become a new creature in Christ. As the Bible puts it, a new creation in Christ. You know it. This morning, or this day, in this church, you cannot say, I'm not sure if I don't have it. You are conscious when you were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And if there is never a point that you can point back to and say, my life 
took a different turn. Maybe you are caught up in the formalities of a church. And you know what's the danger? The devil is going to ambush you. One morning, one day, the devil will make you to take a, a wrong turn. And you wonder, but I was a message believer all these years. Brother Branham says, why is it difficult for Christians to have victory in the end time? My answer is, many of them are not full of the Holy Ghost. They were baptized, came to church, and, and got in, 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 incorporated into the church routines, but without having it. But when you have, when you have it, you, your life becomes a blessing. You become a blessing to yourself. Because without the Holy Ghost, you can't, you can't live with yourself. You've, you are at a battle with yourself. There are people that don't have inner peace. Some people are in a war forever. Because they are battling against themselves. And from time to time, they invite other people into their own battle with themselves. But the problem is those, not those people that are invited is because you and the Holy Spirit, folks, it's, that's why it's, it's a very, very important for every believer to have a quiet time. Some people are uncomfortable with silence. But there is a lot that happens in silence. Life grows in silence. The sun does a lot of things upon the face of the earth in silence. Let thy women learn in silence. Does not refer only to sisters, brothers. Women represent the church. Sometimes the church has got to be silent and allow the husband to speak. And sometimes you've got to find time and be silent. And when you are silent, what happens to you? What thoughts come to your mind? I deliberately allowed silence. You see how uncomfortable it is to just to be silent. And when you are like that, you meditate on the word. Not long, the atmosphere where you are changes. And you are able to pray. Because we can have family prayers. But a family prayer is not enough. Sometimes you alone must find a moment where you are silent. I think Brasbu would understand. You can't come with great songs if you don't have moment of silence. You can't come with great sermons unless you've got moment of silence. And they, have you realized the devil does not love silence? The, go and check it out. Civilization, wherever, I, I was amazed. I'm really enjoying to be in Weedbank. Because uh, I used to stay in Pretoria and I stayed around Pretoria. No offense to Pretorians. But there, there's an ambulance running this way. There's a fire brigade running that way. Uh, there's noise. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's only 
Once you moved and you go somewhere, and at night you just hear dead silence. Even with Bengi, it's not that silence because it's modernized. But you know when you have gone out, maybe maybe you are with a group of friends, you are out there in the woods, it's just silence. Then, then you feel like, I can, I can speak to my maker. So silence makes you to come in contact with your originality. I remember when I took brother, is it brother, Obed, we went to God's window, and we came there at that mountain, and he looked from God's window, and I remember I wanted to ask him something. He says, Brother Mariba, let's not talk. I just, I just want a moment just to be silent. And I looked, I looked at him how he looked at the, that paranormal view, and I realized that the man has transcended into a certain level of intimacy with God. Then after a while, he snapped out of it and he said, no wonder whoever found this place called it God's window. I, I'm having God's view. But it's about silence. After church, folks, it's not good just to run around. Sometimes it's better, sisters, to prepare the meal before you come to church. After church, it's time for meditation. Somebody finds their room and you meditate on the weight. What have I had today? And you go back and search in the scriptures. That's when you have a relationship with God. How many agree with me? Brother Brenham, and this one I read it to you for the, you the other time. I love it because it's just an oxymoronic quotation. Many times you can see a person maybe of insanity. They may be yet converted, a converted person filled with the Holy Ghost and yet be totally sane, insane. That's right. That has nothing to do with the soul. It doesn't mean that if one loses their mind, they have lost their conversion. A, a, the losing of the mind, it's a de, it's a, it, you become deranged in a spirit realm, but your soul can still be intact with God. Stay with me here. So one can be in an insane institution, totally insane, but yet be filled with the Holy Ghost. And one can be in church, totally sane, and be without the Holy Ghost. Because it has nothing to do with the soul. Did you hear? It says, this is me in closing. Brother Bram says, sometimes I believe one of the greatest things that I find in this day is the lack of sincerity of what we believe. Folks, there is a lack of sincerity in the end time in what we believe. And our kids can detect whether we are sincere or not sincere. They are observing us 24-7 in our households. They are watching us. And I was saying, I can imagine being a Sunday school teacher. Being a Sunday school teacher is a terrible job. Okay, it's a blessing. But what makes it terrible is that parents cannot fool you. Parents cannot fool you. Because as we, you know, kids say things. And from a, a kid's statement, 
you can paint a lot of picture of what is going on behind the scene. The first person that would know that a child is abused in the house would be a teacher based on what the child can begin to draw in a normal class. Are you here, folks? And sometimes, maybe some don't want their kids to come to Sunday school because it will reveal what is going on at home. But folks, your kids are your kids. And if you don't do, Brother Bram says, rock and roll without the Holy Ghost, it can catch a child in a split of seconds. So I'm simply saying, our homes must be sanctuaries. It must be a place where our kids see God reigning in our households. And our children must become very conversational about what we believe in. If they ask them, what is, who is Brother Brenham? They must be able to say, that's my prophet. Why, why do you say it's your prophet? Malachi 4 says so. Revelation 10 says so. Our ch- the children of the Muslims, they become con- conversational about their faith at a young age. But message believers, they say, no, I don't want to impose things on my child. Let me tell you, if you don't impose, the devil will impose himself. And if, as your parent, folks, I want to drive it home here. Never ever leave your children at home. Even on Wednesday, come to church with your family. Did I just say that? Is Sunday service more important than Wednesday service? Is the devil less harmful on Wednesday, more harmful on Sunday? Believers, we've got to be in this 24-7. Muslims, they pray three times a day, but yet there is no God in their religion. But you, there is God in your religion. How much more should you be in prayer? And the Bible says, teach a child away. Even though he may depart from that way, but that the way will never depart from you. I'm speaking about intentional parenting here. Teaching your children that the first wisdom is to fear God. What must you seek first? The kingdom of God. And the rest shall be? But less number of times we seek the rest and we think the kingdom of God shall be added. And no wonder we've got juvenile delinquency. But the Holy Spirit, let it reign in the church. Let it reign in our households. Let us be sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit wherever we are. And when the Holy Spirit is with us, the Bible says it will speak for us. Even when we appear before sinful men and they try to hold us accountable, the Holy Spirit will speak for us. Amen. God bless you richly. we stand to our feet. I just want us to to worship. And while worshiping, have introspection. Have an introspection. I'm with you.
or you had something else. Okay, let's go for it. Oh, spread the tidings round wherever man is found, wherever human hearts and human homes are
Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweep over. My soul, sweet my soul.
Says the Holy Ghost is the most important thing, more important than your prestige, more important than your job, more important than your relationship. It is the most important thing.
knowing that whatever we ask, you shall grant it to oh God. You said we are living in a, during uh, the Holy Ghost age. That's what you said through the prophet messenger. And we said whatever we ask, you will grant it, Heavenly Father. We are asking, oh God, for the refilling of the Holy Spirit. We are asking for the sensibilities to us, the Holy Spirit in our life. May you help us, oh God. May you fight for us. May you lead us. May you guide us, oh God. May you come to our houses. May you help us to apply the token. May you cleanse our heart. May you cleanse our environment. That's our desire this morning. We want to ask everything of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Savior, Savior, pass me on. says it's like a, a woman that is going to sew a dress she's got this piece of cloth 
but she's got to extract a, a dress pattern from this cloth. So which tells you that what made the dress and what was the remnant is the same material. But one was part of the pattern, another was not part of the pattern. And those that will form part of the pattern, Brother Brenham says, only the Holy Ghost filled bright will go into the rapture. It is very critical to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. It is very critical to retain the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life. And Brother Bram says, the only thing that will make the, the Holy Ghost to be in your life is when your life lines up with the weight. But whenever there is misalignment between your life and the weight, the Holy Spirit flees away. And when the Holy Spirit flees away, you become a habitation of demons. I just wanted to drive that so that as we go back home, let us ponder on these things. May God richly bless you. Uh, those that would need the notes here, the brothers have got them in a PowerPoint form there. You can get a memory stick and uh, ask them. We are going to move in another subject and I will use the same format because I think it's good for people to follow and at least thereafter you can give out people notes. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, brother, please bow our heads. Brother Grace, just wrap up the service in prayer for us. pray. Our Heavenly Father, dear God, here we come again, O oh Lord, together in one accord, Lord Jesus, after such a wonderful sermon, O oh Father, we understand, O oh Lord, what's more important, O oh God, in this journey. Yes. It's not about singing, O oh Lord. It's not about preaching, O oh Father. Or even living a holy life. Because Judas lived one. Yes. God Almighty, the most important thing, God, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Fill us with your spirit alone in our souls. So that we partake into the rapture. Because there's no need, O Lord, to be in this message and miss the rapture. Father Lord, you know, Father, our weaknesses. You know us, Lord, because you made us whole. We lay our lives to you, God Jesus. I pray that you forgive us, O oh Lord, where we failed you. Because daily we're falling, daily we're repenting, O oh Lord. We come to you just as we are, Lord. Not trying to be special, but your words makes us special. Your words makes us different from this world, O oh Lord, oh, yes. in which we're living in. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for Brother Branham, O oh God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for this Malachi 4. Yes. But help us, O oh Lord, to go beyond, not only see the gift. We want to reach, O oh Lord, to you, the giver. God, have you in our heart, in our souls, will take us away. Mm. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you. The moment that we spend together for the words that you gave us, help us meditate upon this word when we go in our places. 
not only today, Lord, but the whole week. Until we meet again, we pray that you be the absolute in our heart. So that we display you everywhere we go, in our workplaces, school, and every place we can go, Father. Even in our places, Lord, let us have time for you, Lord Jesus. Time to come together and pray. Come, O oh Lord, to come together and meditate on the scriptures, on the sermons, yes. O oh Lord, and follow you, Father. We know, Father, Lord, that without you we'll never make it. Lord Jesus, but because you are the most perfect one, bring us, O oh Lord, into perfection and perfect us, O oh Lord. You are the porter and we the clay. Yes. We're ready to accept any form that you're going to give us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done to us. We thank you for your grace upon our lives. We pray, Lord, for our families, O oh God. I even pray, O oh Lord Jesus, even for our deacons. Pray for all offices, O oh Lord, in this church. We submit all unto you, Lord Jesus. Bless your servant, our pastor, that you used this morning, O oh Lord. Virtues, O oh Lord, has gone out of him. We just pray you, the one who can strengthen him, O oh Lord, yes. and restore wherever, Lord, he misses something. I pray that you bless him and his family. We still need him, O oh Lord. Keep him healthy, Lord Jesus. Yes, so Father, Lord, we pray and commit all unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Uh, just remember, we'll have our convention. 23rd to the 25th December. Hallelujah. Are you here for the convention? Amen. All right. So we'll have Brother Steve Francis. He was meant to be going to the Philippines and he cancelled the conference day for our conference. And, uh, I said to you, uh, and those that know Brother Steve Francis, his diary is always chock-a-block. But for him to say, I will make it to Wheatbank, it was just a blessing. We'll have Brother Joseph Latola from Cape Town. He's, a, he's an assistant pastor there by Pastor Harold Beckett, another, another fine minister. And I, I would just imagine... Uh, I don't know much of soccer, but if you do a soccer... Well, soccer players. It's more like you get, uh, is it Ronaldo and Ronaldino? I don't know. Oh, yeah. The brothers, they look confused again. <laughs> Amen. The combi their combination will just be an amazing combination. I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's divinely inspired. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to the theme will be the mystery of the seven seed. And if you have heard Brother Steve Francis preaching on the seven seed, goodness, you will doubt to preach on that subject ever again. He is quite gifted in that area and as well as Brother Joseph Latola, very fine minister. I'm looking forward to the convention. Amen. And I thought we should announce it much quicker to show that we plan. Amen. It is my desire, I don't know whether it will be possible, that we should eat together. Me, I have that desire. They say where there is a will, there is a way. I'm just putting it out across there. 
It was amazing. I was at Pyramid. They had communion. They've got a tent where the sisters will decide this one will cook this, that one will cook that, and they bring together. So after service, they don't leave. They sit around the table and they have fellowship. I loved that. It was good for fellowship. And as we move around, those that know and do business, you benchmark to improve. If you travel and you don't improve, don't travel. You're just wasting petrol. Amen. God bless you richly. We love you. Pray for us. We are praying for you. Amen. Uh, give us a song. And then till we meet on Sunday. Are you happy? Okay. We are not from a funeral. We are from a service. We can rejoice. Amen. Any song? Ugu sabe lela kuyang togo sisa otabuki leyo sabe lela. Ugu sabe lela.